everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Oh, oh, every time. What? Okay, right. We're good. We're live. We're here. Welcome. Hi, guys. Um, I don't feel very well today. Oh, no, are you ill as well? I don't know. I mean, everyone around me is really poorly. I don't feel like ill, but I don't feel like, you know, normal. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You look fantastic. I like this. First of all, this camera and you. I have mine, but I just haven't set it up yet. I have to say, it's definitely the camera. It like is working for you, but also like I just like the grey hoodie and the black jacket. Thanks. Yeah, you're just a cutie. Let me go into the things. Um, do you have any admin? I was just thinking that, and I don't think I don't think that I do. You know. Uh, oh, apart from I think we should do a Christmas bake off. I haven't really decided how this is going to work yet, but maybe, okay, ideas. Like maybe we should have one thing that everyone has to make and then people can vote for the best one and we'll give the best one an EC hoodie. Okay, so the only problem with Bake Off idea, although I'm really into it, is that this week is Christmas week. I don't think anybody's going to have the time or inclination to do a Bake Off. Yeah, but it can be involved in what they're already, you know what I mean? It could be like best roast potatoes. Oh, we're oh, gonna make anyway. Okay, so it's not really a bake off; it's a cook off. Oh, right. Does bake off mean you have to bake something? Yeah, baking is like a whole other thing. Oh no! Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, I like not that. that. I like that. We can make it. We can make it um, uh, fit with the week and what everybody's already doing. So, Emma, how did this work in your head then? In my head we'd have a th- like something so whether it is best roast potatoes because I imagine everyone's gonna have that already yeah yeah then yeah, even the vegans and vegetarians are having spuds yeah then I'll do a post of everyone's so people can vote on who they think's the best yeah and then the winner will receive a prize probably some kind of EC match vote on Facebook Yes, or or maybe Instagram because then we get more views. <laughs> yeah, fine. So okay, fine, fine. Okay, I was going to say you can't vote for yourself. Well, you can just set up your vote if you're like, that kind of person. But we'll know. <laughs> I always like my own photos on Instagram, so I'm like, it's one more like, and I wrote it, so of course I like it. <laughs> Fair. Do you know what? Back yourself. <laughs> Why not? do it I kind of didn't do it because I found it I did it and then I was like I shouldn't do this this is really cringe and I noticed loads of other people do it and I was like well if everyone else is doing it (laughs) um I really like this idea okay so we're going to do spuds is that what we're doing I mean I'm open to anything but but I I think you're right in that we don't want people to have to make something extra than what (laughs) they're already doing we want just like what you're already doing I mean, yeah, it could be the best looking whole Christmas dinner plate. 
Yeah, yeah, could be a presentation thing. I like the idea. Okay, fine. Okay, which one then? Let's pick one. Who? Okay, let's do that. Who has the best looking Christmas dinner plate? Okay. And like, and, and in terms of like, I mean, there's so many ways in which you could judge this. Is in what looks the prettiest? Is in what looks the yummiest? Are we going with? I think we should go with the yummiest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the judge, the the votes will decide, Chloe. It's not up to us. Okay, fine. Yes, fine. It's like your artistic discretion, your creative license. So yeah. Good. Hey, okay. do you know what? Something it maybe if someone makes like a face, that might win. That might, t- that might topple the charts for you. That might yeah. be the thing that people really want to see at this time of year. A, a plate of food that looks like an elf. Oh, that would be <laughs> impressive. It. Or like Santa with like mashed potato for the or a Santa. I mean. I did, this is what I do. How I eat my food anyway is like I well and I <laughs> I cut everything up anyway, and then I drown it in gravy and then I like mush it all together anyway. I don't mm. do like, you know some people do like separate. They're like now I'm gonna eat my turkey. Now I'm gonna have my potato. Now I'm gonna put a bit of my potato on my turkey. Even <laughs> how I eat my food, like everything on my plate is fair game, and there's nothing on my plate that I'm not gonna eat. So like. I went out for lunch this weekend and someone put like a mound of cranberries on my plate and I was like, get it off the plate right now. And my family were like, just eat around Right it. now. <laughs> no, no. I said, like, you don't understand. I don't eat around things. Everything on my plate is to be eaten together. My, I call them luxury bites. Every bite is a luxury bite. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like you want a bit of everything in the bite. Thank you. I, yeah. Okay, I love you because none of my family eat like that and I find it very strange. But then some people are, I think there's like a, a kind of food aversion thing where some people do like eating like so and like they can't touch it's weird yeah yeah Probably james, not great. james eats pizza and burgers and fried chicken and all finger food with a knife and fork which is just i mean i, I have a lot of well, what's the thought process behind that he doesn't like sticky hands his parents taught him that that's what you do if you have good manners so he can't eat yeah. any food without a knife and fork and it drives me absolutely up the wall See, I hate eating things like, like you know, people will just like sit on the couch and eat or like lie down and eat or like eating yeah. in bed or no, can't no, do it. Can't I do have it. to sit at a table. Well, you sat on my sofa and ate pad thai with me. Yeah, okay, I did. And I was quite uncomfortable about it. Fine, fair. I mean, oi, each to their own. You're all entitled to your own weird eating food necessities. <laughs> right, okay. Let me catch up with the live. Okay, Liz's suggestion, best gingerbread house. But I don't normally do bit, one. It's a bit, I mean, it's, it's asking a lot. <laughs> Some yeah. people this time of year. <laughs> I don't, they normally come as like kind of made anyway. Well, not if it, no, I mean, guys, this is a competition. You're going to make your own gingerbread to then yeah, make the house. Make your house. I mean, it's an amazing suggestion. I just don't know. It's amazing, but I don't like it. <laughs> I, but I don't know how, how, how stress, how fun slash stressful people are going to find it yeah okay ollie good morning going going to be honest i don't think i can top your microwave carrots <laughs> i know it's going to be hard um are we disqualified if we use bisto chloe no chloe loves bisto well, I'm extra yeah okay liz or just quote unquote best christmas food as a few of us are not cooking roasts or we're going out for christmas day oh yeah going out would be cheating Oh, yeah, no, no, no. You cannot enter this competition if your chefing has been chefed for you. Yeah, no. 
I don't know. The best Christmas food is too subjective because you can't like, is it comparable? Like a Christmas dinner to a mince pie? Like, no, you got, they're two separate things. Yeah, it has to be a Christmas dinner. It can't be eaten out and about. And you know what? But if you're not having a Christmas dinner, if you've elected to have something else like truffle mac and cheese, we will accept the photo. And it's a public vote, guys. And yeah, yeah. A public one. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know what I'm having, but it's not going to be meat. So a nut roast. I feel like that's all you guys get given this time. Yeah, I know, but how crap is that? Oh shit. (laughs) There must be some kind of like I mean I've not looked into this yet. I really should. It's like a week away, but there's gotta be something else. There has to be something apart from a nut roast. Okay. Um Anki. 35 weeks pregnant and hosting Christmas dinner so it's courtesy of M&S best plate of food sounds excellent extra points for five portions of veg yes with Bisto yes of course can I just say though Anki the the um roast potatoes by M&S are just really subpar so I just would say if you're going to cook anything everything else they do is great but if you're going to cook anything from scratch on that plate have it be this buds okay well there you go uh, Kanchan, Bella can't stand her food touching each other and it drives me insane. I purposely mix all her food together. <laughs> yeah, exposure therapy. That's so Kanchan. <laughs> no, you will not have. Boom, there you go. <laughs> okay, Stare. No roast here on Christmas Day either, so I'm going with the generic best Christmas Day plate of food. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is everybody quite... electing to not have a roast, may I ask? Because as a traditionalist, this is not quite scary for me. If someone in my family was like, we're not going to do a roast this year, I'd be like, <laughs> it's Christmas, guys. <laughs> Some people's tradition is like to get an Indian takeaway, though. That's so true. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Anki, we replaced our uh, it? we replaced our dining table with a home gym during COVID. <laughs> so it's sofas <laughs> every night, no regrets. Fair. Emma could not live in that house. No. The dining table. <laughs> <laughs> this is an abomination. Where is the dining table? Kanchan, uh, Bisto Best. There's a reason that tagline was a thing on their adverts. Okay. Kanchan, also controversial. I'm making homemade pizzas on Christmas Day. No roast dinner, but might do some spuds this week. Fair, fair. I mean, Kanchan has a way with bread, guys. If, if you guys didn't know this, she's very talented at bread making. Mm, okay right Steph we can't get together as a family until boxing day also my birthday so we're having Christmas lunch on boxing day okay that's fair yeah, fair enough but I mean you might be able to enter late yeah it's a 24-hour time thing isn't it but yeah. you know that there's still a, like I keep doing like a questions post and then you know you can go in and, and look at them even when it's expired from the story yeah but only for a period of time as well. Like I can't see the questions on it after I'm guessing an added 24 hours or whatever, because none of them come up. Anyway. Oh, wait, yeah. why was that relevant to anything? Oh, right, the time period thing. I was like, where did that come from? No, the 24 hour time lapse. So you should yeah. have, yeah, okay, fine. Okay, right, we're ready for questions. Okay, fine. And we don't have any on the live. No, just uh, Anki saying, I wanted to cook Christmas biryani, but apparently the in-laws would complain. That sounds great. How, what would make it Christmassy? You'd use turkey. You know, it's turkey instead of chicken. Maybe some cranberries. Maybe mm. a bit of, oh, maybe a bit of gravy in there. <laughs> I think, isn't it like curry is meant to be gravy? 
Like that is what it, the, the equivalent, the counterpart to our gravy. Is it? Well, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anki, Anki, weigh in here with your thoughts. Biryani is not curry though. Is no. it like mixed rice. up rice? Yeah. yeah, rice. Okay. Rice and spice and all things nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, see, I definitely am a bit poorly. I'm very snotty. Okay. Here we go. Claire Jones. Hello, Emma and Chloe. We prefer Clemmer. Please, can you talk about frequency of training? I know you said a minimum of training three days per week and a max of six days per week. I do three times per week push, pull, legs. But I thought I heard you saying in a previous podcast that studies have shown that training muscle groups twice a week is optimum. So would it be better doing six sessions so that each workout push-pull legs is done twice? Is that why some people like to train full body if only doing three sessions per week or upper-lower splits if they can fit more in? I am loving the gym workouts. I'm just interested in your thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, so for, for optimal hypertrophy, and this has always been taught, and so it's always being restudied and reproven, um, you really want to be looking at training each muscle group twice per week. Um, so yes, I, I would say uh, for some people, if they can only train three times a week doing a full body is better. Um, for other people who can train five, six days a week doing a split is great. Push-pull legs is interesting. You can do a lot with push-pull legs because it can fit into any of these categories um but yes that's the goal is to try and hit the muscles that and especially the ones that you really want to whether it's visually or performance wise improve on more than once a week um so yeah hope that answers it emma i'm just gonna blow my nose <laughs> enjoy um yeah i think you have to think about what's practical versus what's optimal like for sure if you're looking for optimal results would training six days a week but also at the same time you have to remember recovery as well yeah. So a lot of the studies that Chloe was talking about with the optimal being two times a week also is people who can recover from training the same muscle group two times a week. Whereas if you're quite new to resistance training, you might not be able to recover from that amount of load. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Yeah, the other thing to note is that if you really look at the push-pull leg workouts and you don't just look at the exercises, but you think about the muscles that they're working, yeah. you'll notice that you are actually hitting your muscle groups. I mean, probably one and a half times a week as opposed to two times a week because you're not doing upper body on your... Well, no, actually, yeah, probably all muscle groups you can twice a week on the on yeah. the split that I've done. Yeah, it can, fit, it can fit into a number of categories of training. Anyway, go on, body parts. Yeah, I was just going to say the way that I've split it, like there is still lower body in the push and pull, just not as much. Um and I think people underestimate, like if you're doing chest press, you are actually still working your triceps, your biceps, your chest, like your lats a little bit, your shoulders, like these bigger compound movements are working a lot of muscle groups. So that's enough to kind of stimulate them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't think so kind of small about like I would have to do, I don't know, bicep curls twice a week to hit my biceps. Well, no, actually, when you do lat pull, when you do close grip pull down, like you're still hitting your biceps as well so yeah 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 amazing points those big compounds com compound lifts are hitting a number of different muscle groups so Emma's completely right like I don't think I even trained biceps for the first few years of me getting into weightlifting because I did so much pull for back I loved training back like it was my favorite session um and I didn't need to my biceps just grew um 
what was I going to say? There's something else. You made a really good point there that I wanted to back up. Oh yeah, throwing in optimal recovery time as well is is equally important. But then again, that's why we'll do the split in the in the split that we do to try and program for that. But um, what was I going to say? There was something else. Oh, it'll come back to me. Let's move on. Um, Liz is just saying not a question but just wanted to say how much I love the Instagram tick sheet it's really working for me I love getting those green ticks great idea Emma you're welcome um Anki nobody likes turkey there's a reason we eat it once a year this is actually very true yeah dry like but why is it just tradition like what's the whole tradition behind is oh is it because a turkey is much bigger than a chicken so like you need two chickens as opposed to one turkey yeah, it's probably size and seasonal. <laughs> the size and the seasonal bits. My brother's in, you know, he's gone to Boston. <clears throat> and he said that... Um... <laughs> no, I didn't know that. But... <laughs> you do know this. I've talked about this before. My brother works for New Balance. Moved oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got promoted, moved to Boston. And he said, I don't know how true this is, but I mean, he's saying it and he's not dramatic like I am. He's very, very matter of fact. He says that there's wild turkeys that just run around the street everywhere. But apparently, and then, so my mum made a joke and was like, you should catch one for Thanksgiving. And he was like, no, they're apparently they're like riddled with all these diseases and it's not appropriate to eat one. But yeah. Oh, so something really upsetting happened to me the other day, which was that I walked out of my flat and I was just... Like just a le- the leg of a bird, right? oh. like just its foot. Oh. And oh. at first I thought it was a bit of a satsuma skin. <laughs> so I like bent right down. I was like, Jordan, what is that? And he was like, it's what you think it is. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, why is there just the leg? I was like, how did this get here? Well, obviously, okay, I reckon dead bird eaten by a fox or something. Leaves and then they just left it right outside my flat. I mean, your flat is like where birds go to die. Every time you send me a voice note, all I hear is screaming seagulls and it's really annoying having to listen to you through the seagulls. Yeah, I know. It's really bad, isn't it? <laughs> it's really loud. I'm like, oh my God. Um, okay, anything else? Um, yeah, hold on. <clears throat> okay. Oh. I feel like so far this isn't our best life. <laughs> wow. It's so informal. Informal? Informative. Informative both, babe. Um, Hey loves, really excited about this Christmas thing as I have always been mega all or nothing, a mega all or nothing eater. And even by now I'd be fully into the Christmas treats and keep going for the full four weeks. Anyway, body composition question. I've just finished round one and have maintained weight throughout. My goal was fat loss, but actually, and you've really helped with this, the goal should be maintenance, strength gains and mindset shift around food. The latter being the most important thing for me so shout out to this shout out to success not always being the obvious thing that we're led to believe in the diet quote unquote transformation culture my question is if I've maintained weight but increased strength must my body composition have changed e.g less fat more muscle okay wait let's just stop here and go over this so if I've maintained weight but increased strength must that mean that my body composition has changed and I've got less fat and more muscle? Oh. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for you to go first. I mean, I have an opinion. So it, this kind of depends <laughs> on numerous things. So if you're quite new to resistance training, you can increase your strength quite significantly 
without any change in body composition because rather than building muscle you're actually being able to utilize the muscle that you have so it's more of like a central nervous system adaptation as opposed to the building of muscle however when you've been resistance training for a period of time you're quite experienced then strength increases are related to increases in muscle mass and what was quite interesting and I voiced it clear about this so I thought this was why I was like yeah, this is like, like this, I'd never really thought about it this way, but a lot of people kind of measure their strengths based on compound lifts, like deadlift, squat, bench, which actually have quite a lot of technique behind them. So as you get better at the technique, you often get stronger, but that might not be related to increase in muscle mass. Whereas if you use more basic exercises to measure your strengths, i.e. am I getting better at, I mean, can I lift more weight on like a cable kickback or something where you're really isolating one muscle that's probably a better indicator that you're building muscle and not just building strength from like a technique or or neuromuscular adaptation point of view so in answer to your question it really depends on how long you've been lifting and how experienced you are in lifting um so there's not really like a yes or no answer such a great question so many ways to answer it which are interesting this is why I wanted Emma to to talk about it because Emma voice noted me what like five days ago I was like oh I've just read this really interesting thing on increasing strength um how basically how Emma and I are always like are you getting stronger um again if you're not new to lifting and I'll come back to that in a sec but are you getting stronger and if the answer is yes then yes you're, you're growing muscle um but that's really only applicable for certain isolated movements and I said to Emma in response to her um a voice note about this it's interesting how in every study that I've seen on um like in- increasing muscle mass it's always an ultra uh, an ultrasound be done on bicep um after a period of time doing um isolated bicep curl or a quadricep after a period of time doing um a leg a, a single leg extension so they're not even doing um bi- bilateral movements they're doing unilateral movements and that's because it's an isolated unilateral movement which means we can really get much more of a metric of has this muscle grown via exercise, whatever the study is, right? Um, So it makes a lot of sense and Emma's completely right. It's actually really not the best measure of doing it on compound movements because you're recruiting so many different muscle groups and it is so much more about technique and skill. Um, Yes, I I completely agree with Emma that the kind of, the, the strength gains in terms of strength, the newbie gains that we see in the gym, um, initially really come from the central nervous system, your ability to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, to recruit the muscle fibers that you already have. So it's not necessarily the best reflection on, and you can see, like it took me, a, I looked like a stick when I started lifting and eating right. Like it took me a long time to gain muscle mass. Um, it's not necessarily that you're growing muscle, um, but yeah, as Emma said, over time, if you're a seasoned lifter, and I would really say that's anything over two years plus, and you see, and you start to see that you're getting strong in the gym, yeah, you're gaining muscle mass. Um, and I feel like there was another really interesting part, which has again gone out of my head. I think that kind of covers it. Um, yeah. And I mean, a good example of this is like, it always takes time to build muscle. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll quite quickly see people go from like, I don't know, press, uh, chest pressing like four kilogram dumbbells to 10 kilogram dumbbells. You've certainly not, built that much more muscle to make that level of progression it's that you're used to that movement you're able to recruit the muscles that work in that movement and there's more of like a skill and technique element to it than there is 
an increase in muscle mass over like I don't know a couple of week period yeah exactly okay next question Ollie this round and last round I've not been able to do a leg workout due to the knee issue I have been trying to do a few bits here and there that does not aggravate it like sled pushes farmer walks leg extensions should I be worried about getting the dreaded chicken legs no I mean most of the time again I don't want a blanket statement this is different for everyone a lot of people who have knee issues can't do knee extension but most of the time what we see with people who have knee issues is that it comes from knee flexion of like uh um what's the word i'm looking for whatever of a load down right so what is the word i'm looking for please i don't know (laughs) oh superior fuck me superior load okay but again that's most of the time ollie if you're finding that that and those typically mean things like lunges and back squats and um uh what else like step ups that kind of thing but a lot of the time we find that people can absolutely still handle the machines like a seated leg press which is interesting but whatever we won't go into that seated leg press and a leg extension and you absolutely do not need to worry um about atrophying or you don't need to worry about the quote-unquote chicken legs just because you can't do these big compound free weighted lifts you will get just as good results for hypertrophy using machines, just as good. The only thing that's different is that you will be weaker in the alternative modalities. So if you're using machines and then you try and get up and do some free weighted, you know, squat stuff or, or whatever it is, you are going to be significantly weaker because your body hasn't adapted to that modality and vice versa. It works both ways. But in terms of ability to grow muscle, all it is is generating force on muscle um, and and being able to to move a resisted load. And, and if you can do it, you're fine. Yeah, I think it's good to remember that your muscle doesn't know if you're doing a squat or doing a leg extension, like your quad just feels that there is tension on it and that it's being stimulated to then respond to that stimulation and grow so that next time it's under that same stress, it can respond better. That's essentially what exercise is doing. I do think there's this kind of like superior thing of like, oh, well, you know, you have to do or you should be doing squats and deadlifts and bench and like, You absolutely don't have to. And especially like, for example, like myself, like it's just not worth it for me. Like I did some squats the other week, but my back's like not overly happy with it. Like I haven't had a proper flare up. I'm like, "Mm, it it just feels better doing the leg press. And is the benefit of me doing squats really there in terms of what I'm going to get from it? No. So I'll just use something else. Like there's always a way around things. And and if you're thinking about maintenance and long-term and longevity, actually not doing really really heavy squats deadlifts bench that kind of stuff yeah it's probably a really good thing and if you're not a power lifter yeah then that's maybe the best thing that you could be doing and I guess what's interesting is like and and if you are a power lifter like know that that does also come with the fact that you if you're pushing your body to the extreme it's inherently actually not healthy like same with like extreme marathon runners they often have as they age, like much more likelihood of having stress fractures and things because they've pushed their body to the absolute maximum. What's way healthier is staying like, you know, pushing your body, but not to the extent that you're going to extremes. So depending on what your goals are, actually sticking largely to like dumbbells and machines and and not going overly heavy might actually be a good thing. 
Here, here. Like, all amazing points and completely accurate and something that all of you should really be taking on. There's a lot of pro bodybuilders out there who will not do those big squat deadlift, like, well, they most of them bench, let's not, let's be honest, but they won't do the squat deadlift because the injury rate is so high on those um, <clears throat> movements. Whereas if they were to go do, you know, leg, leg curl, leg extension, leg press, they're going to get just as good a bang for their buck um, without the risk of injury. And so what they'll do is they'll periodize typically when they're heavier and they're in the off season and it doesn't matter as much, their body isn't so stressed with the diet, et cetera, and the added cardio, the added expenditure. They'll periodize it. Those are the only periods of the year where they'll try and see like, oh, how much can I squat? How much can I deadlift? Um, so, and, and, and what that goes to show is that if it's about aesthetic, you absolutely don't need to be doing these lifts. And as Emma said as well, like, the high risk of injury, if you decide that you're going to run a marathon or if you decide that you're going to become a powerlifter or if you decide you're going to become a rugby player or a boxer, part of that decision is it's extremely likely I'm going to push my body to a place where it's going to get injured. And you have to accept that. And it's part of it. Um, and it's not healthy. I'm sorry, but it's not running a marathon, in my humble opinion, isn't the healthiest thing in the world to do. You know, and the same goes for powerlifting. The same goes for but boxing, funnily enough, bodybuilding is pretty safe. <laughs> like you're pretty okay. Like well, you're... unless you go to the extreme of like dieting <laughs> to the point that you lose your menstrual cycle and yeah, taking so drugs and taking, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, taking, taking anabolic steroids. But you know, apart from that, you know, if you're not if you're keeping away from the steroids and you're not aiming as a female to get down to sub twelve percent body fat, it's pretty all right. Like it's a pretty safe sport to do. You know, and and it's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean even if you think about one of the reasons that bodybuilders kind of don't do very very heavy and by the way heavy is relative I guess what I mean here when I'm saying heavy is like sort of like three rep max type stuff or, or below is because there's a huge central nervous system fatigue there as well so you can't do that numerous times a week whereas you can squat three times ten as heavy as you can twice a week mm -hmm. you couldn't be doing your one rep max twice a week and actually recovering from that so there's that element as well. And, and if volume is what you're looking to push up in regards to hypertrophy, like you want to minimize the central nervous system fatigue so that you can recover quicker and then train again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Off the back of what Emma just said, is there a point you should just stop increasing the lifting? I've always heard you shouldn't lift more than your body weight as that can cause big injuries. No, that's absolute horseshit. Um, and also completely well it would depend on the exercise that you're doing as well so no I don't I wouldn't listen to that I guess what we should clarify here is when we say lifting heavy like I said like I'm talking about like three rep max kind of stuff you can still very much and we would encourage you lifting heavy in like a 10 to 12 rep range or something like that which has a very different response on the body yeah. um but I would always be pushing your weights up and the thing is like you'll quite quickly kind of reach your own plateau to that or that like you're kind of edging stuff up like Chloe's maybe in a slightly different position because you're coming back from having some time off but like there's no way I'm gonna suddenly be lifting really heavy weights like I might edge something up by like a couple of kilograms every now and again but yeah really I don't think there's going to be that much change yeah the the longer that you've been lifting for the less and less likely it is that you're going to be able to increase your weights anyway you keep trying you keep that's the whole point you know you keep pushing you keep going um, but it, it becomes increasingly hard to do. What's that? Oh, 
Well, you said you died. You want a coffee? Thank you. Aww. <laughs> right? No, God, when he's good, he's really oh, good. Fuck. When he's bad, he's really bad. <laughs> There's no in between. <laughs> okay, Kanchan. I just wanted to say I love you both and the group. That is all. Still coughing my lungs out and want to run away to the jungle to avoid in real life human connection, but love being here. Oh, <laughs> we love you too. I didn't go, I didn't answer any of my Emma notes because she WhatsApp me and I only replied today on like Thursday. I didn't go on my WhatsApps for like the last four days. <laughs> when I opened it today in hell by the way all my friends like are you okay I'm really worried about you I'm like look I sometimes I just need a break from whatsapp it's so like and this is the thing like I think and I think this is what classifies me as like an introvert and I think Kanchan you're the same so in, I think I read a really interesting piece what was it in it was like a I think it was in the times a couple of weeks ago and it was basically saying that there's like this big um, misconception that introvert and extrovert is how you are when you're in public, but actually what defines whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert is how you recharge. So like introverts recharge by being on their own. <laughs> That's me. Extroverts recharge by, by being around other people. Um, and I found that really interesting. And then Kanchan, I read what you wrote a post recently and I was like, you're definitely like a classic introvert. And it's but don't nice. you find you need the balance of both? Like I get energy from being around people, but then I'm like, no, I definitely need... No. on my own so that's so you would be like an ambivert which is uh, like but I know I need to be I need to be on my own to then be able to come back like mm. at my best I can't I'll do it otherwise Whereas I read something thing. about um introverts and like I think this won't be like a blanket statement but I guess probably yeah I think I sometimes feel more introverted when this is the case but it it's more fatiguing obviously to be extroverted when you don't feel like you can truly be yourself so the quote was something like you might think you're an introvert but actually you're just hanging around with people that you can't be yourself around and that's fatiguing because you're always trying to like well put on a bit of a face or be something that you're not I couldn't do that I phase those people out quick time I'm like nope not for me (laughs) but I guess at this time of year like realistically it's hard when it's your family right and you can't just phase them out and yeah, what's, what else is interesting? Like, I find family dynamics so interesting, and how quickly you fall back into oh, being a child. Family. Yeah. Oh, it's mad, isn't it? I had. I remember an ex-boyfriend of mine said, said to me once, like, he's a lot older than me, and he was like, I don't really like being around you and your parents because you just fall back into being like. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it, yeah, the dynamics interesting. I think it comes from both sides as well. I think. I think it's often oh. like the parents don't see you as like a full adult human functioning person and still see you as like who you were I don't know at some point in your life it's so true it's so true look my um my sister-in-law she when she was having my nephew when she was in labor she knew that her mum was on the she was giving birth in London her mum was on the way from Sussex she knew she had this window of time to get the baby out and she said it really really she had a natural birth it really forced her to keep pushing and keep going and not give up because it's so fatiguing and it's so hard it's so painful and it's so hard but to keep pushing keep going because she knew that the second that her mum walked through the door she would revert back to being a child she would cling to her and the whole childbirth would slow down mm. so she was like gunning for it and got him out just in time and said that if it if if her mum had been there she said that without a doubt it would have been a lot longer process and I was like that's really interesting she instinctively knew that is interesting and then just think about like in any context I think that's true like for example if you I don't know if I dislocated my shoulder again and I was in a and E on my own I would I would take more like ownership of what was going on whereas if my mum was there I'd just be like <laughs> even though I'm like 
<laughs> 31 years old. You deal with it. Like, oh, she can speak to so and so or whatever. Yeah, no, it's so true. Oh, I'm desperate to meet your mom. Your mom sounds wicked. She sounds like a really special lady. She's good. Uh, okay, what else are we saying? Had a great idea about a future EC meetup. What about Tough Mudder? <laughs> is it going to be cold? Because if it is, I'm not. I'm not there. Um, or an obstacle race, or Ninja Warrior. See, I'm up for Ninja Warrior. Would be hilarious. Really funny. I, I wonder if you could like rent out the whole place. A hundred percent. Like there'll be like weekends, like Ninja Warrior, like for like team building. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can, we'll look into it. Yeah, Not okay. We can build our team. Our team is strong. <laughs> there's some like right outside my flat. There's a like a dock bit, and there's I can't remember what it's called now, but there's like this big blow up thing in the water that you have to like climb over and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I always watch people doing it, but I'm always like that water looks absolutely vile. Mm. Oh, you know what else is really weird that I saw when like as I was walking back from the gym, what? duckling in December. I was like, sure, surely that's not duckling, but it was. When do ducklings spring? Spring, yeah. How interesting. How strange. We've got some rogue horny ducks out there. Yeah. Like, fuck the season. I <laughs> get laid. <laughs> okay, uh, Steph, true introvert here too. Alone time, even away from my husband, is absolutely necessary to recharge my batteries every single day. That's where walking with the podcast is my lifeline. Yeah. Yeah. It does make such a big difference. But then I think I need time with people to really appreciate alone time. But I must be an omnivert. Omnivert. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. What the fuck, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Okay, right, we're up to date. Oh, okay. Hey. Okay, I... <laughs> Sasha Nash. But when I'm... I... First of all, it's Sasha Nash. That's <laughs> <I was> really... <laughs> But it's not, it's such an ash. <laughs> right. Hi, Emma and Chloe. I'm really enjoying the plan so far. And I'm actually enjoying my food more than ever before. Love that. I've left a whole week before weighing in to avoid me thinking this isn't working. So what's the point? I've gone from nine stone four LBs to nine stone two LBs in the first week. That's amazing. I'm happy that this is in the right direction. I'm happy for the loss to be slow as ideally I would like to drop to eight stone 12 or 13. Should the loss be more than this in the first week? No. <laughs> Should I just keep going with everything I'm doing? I've ticked all the boxes every day, making a big effort to get eight to 10 portions of fruit and veg and also choose healthier foods. Should I just keep going and trust the plan or should I go lower calorie? No. Oh, okay, we'll <laughs> I'm sticking to my 100 calories a day and hitting my protein. I kind of wish I hadn't stepped on the scales this morning. I'm loving the plan. I'd love to continue on and journey and achieve my goals. Thank you both very much for what you're doing and being so dedicated to it. Oh, Merry Christmas, Sasha. Oh, you're so welcome. Okay, so first of all, the reason why we want you guys weighing in every day and taking your lowest weekly weight is because once weekly weigh-ins, which I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how you structured this, but I know you've gone a week without weighing in and then you've stepped on the scales and then you've written under here. So that is not really what we want, because not because of us, but because of the psychology behind it. Your weight is going to fluctuate up and down and everywhere in between that every single day. So we're going to get a much better idea of what your lowest weekly weigh is if you weigh in every day of what your actual weight is. Um, so first of all, there's that. Second of all, you've lost two pounds in one week. That's a big loss, especially for somebody who's nine stone two. 
Like that's a big loss. So you should be really amped about that. Um, all that would happen if we dropped your calories to say 1400 is that you might speed up your loss a little bit to say, I don't know, three pounds a week for the first one to two weeks. Then it would slow down. Then you would start to feel really fatigued with the diet and also with the added expenditure we've got you on. And then we would go backwards. It's not what we want. Let's maintain a one to two pounds a week loss if we can. And you likely won't even see that because that's not how it works. But let's aim to maintain a one to two pounds a week loss for the first few weeks before we expect it to slow down because you have less to lose and the scales aren't measuring that acutely. So it is going to slow down at some point. Let's keep ticking the boxes and let's get you where you want to go. And um, you mentioned at the end here that you kind of maybe regret stepping on the scales if this is something that's going to stand in your way don't weigh in like emma and i care much more about you guys ticking the boxes that get you the results than weighing in and feeling like you've won or lost based on whatever the fuck's happening with your body that week we would much rather that you just take the boxes so if it's going to fuck you up don't weigh in emma i think the only thing i have to add is like I don't know where people get these wild weight loss expectations from like two pounds a week is massive. And to be totally honest with you, some of that is probably water weight. Like you've maybe lost about a pound of fat this week. And as Chloe's saying, it's, <coughs> it's too, like the scales are not sensitive enough to measure the amount of fat you've lost in a week. That's why we look at trends over time and loads of things will come into play. Like whether it's water retention, Hey, you might find that you actually weigh more over the Christmas week, even if you are in a deficit because you're eating richer foods and because like you've changed your behaviors a little bit, but you might've still lost fat or you will have still lost fat if you've maintained a deficit. So bear that in mind. And, and yeah, I think like, it's so important that you know realistic weight loss expectations. Like if you create a 500 calorie deficit a day, then you can expect to lose one pound of fat a week that won't always show on the scales but the fact that you're like oh I'm a bit upset that I weighed in and after a week I've lost two pounds like that's that's actually very good if not faster weight loss than we would expect so I don't know what people's expectations are but bear in mind that loads of things come into play with that things that have nothing to do with fat loss and also the amount of fat you have to lose like Chloe said you're, you're not particularly heavy anyway so you can't expect to see big jumps on the scale and the fact that it won't be as accurate if you're not weighing in consistently. Um, and I think this is one of the reasons that probably one of the biggest reasons that people don't get results is their response to the scale weight. Even in this case, like it did go down, but you're still considering, obviously you won't because you have us, but like you're still considering dropping your calories after proving that actually sticking to a sensible deficit that you can stick to is working. And as Chloe said, if you drop your calories, all that will happen is you won't be able to maintain that. You'll start resenting the process. You won't stick to it and thus you won't get results. And then you'll fill in this story that you tell yourself that you can't even lose weight even when you drop your calories really low because yeah. actually you've just tripped yourself up. So don't, don't change anything. It's obviously working and don't put so much like emphasis on the scales. Here, here! I loved every word of that, and I completely agree. And again, as coaches, so to put it a professional spin on it, if you're in a nine stone bracket, if you're in a ten stone bracket, we are not expecting to see big jumps on the scales. As Emma said, we're looking to see slow progress over time. So that doesn't happen every day. It might not happen every week. But what we want to see is is a trend of loss every kind of two to four weeks in that bracket, and then we reassess what's going on. If you have a lot to lose, then yeah, of course, we're going to expect to see more. But both both climbs, whether you have a lot to lose or not that much to lose, 
both clients at some point are going to see this loss dramatically slow down. And that's when it's really important to pay attention to how you look, how you feel, how you're performing. And we, we kind of go from there. And that's when Emma and I typically will start asking clients the progress pictures. You'll have seen so many times on the group, someone's like, this is how much I weigh. Emma and I didn't even answer the two paragraphs of questions. We're like, I need to see pictures now. Um, it's not, the scales are not always your best measure of progress. So, you know, you have to, you have to keep that in mind and keep ticking the boxes because that's where the results are. That's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, not the scales. Agree. Okay, Ollie, I keep forgetting to weigh in when waking up. I don't set an alarm as sleep is bad enough already. And I like to wake up naturally. Suggestions on how to remember. Really also struggling tracking calories, um, doing permanent night shifts. I can f- feel things I feel like things are starting to slide and I'm losing control. Um, so the weighing in's a little bit harder, or I, I mean, actually it's not harder. It's just le- even less accurate than it already is. If you're working shifts that change frequently and thus your food patterns change frequently and thus your digestion changes frequently as well. Mm-hmm. So sure, weigh yourself and weigh yourself when you wake up, but um I would I would again put even like less emphasis on the scales because they're going to be fluctuating a little bit more than what would what they would fluctuate if you had a bit more of a set routine so don't let them kind of freak you out in that sense um in regards to the shifts what I would really recommend doing is taking some time every single week to sit down and plan your week and I mean like properly pen and paper plan it out I'm obsessed with google calendar so that's how I plan my week but if you want to write it out fine if not, use something like Google Calendar. You can also set an alarm like or a reminder on there if you wanted to, to weigh yourself in the morning, if that's something that you keep forgetting. Um, but that will give you a little bit more structure as to like, when am I going to fit my gym sessions in? Like if you are at the point where you need to remind yourself to eat at certain times, like you could put that in as well. That's not something I do. But for a period of time, having that kind of focus and discipline might be really helpful for you. And I think that's, that's one of the... Like for some people, flexible dieting is too flexible, which is why we're always quite strong advocates of having some structure, discipline, routine in there, and then taking advantage of the flexibility on occasion, as opposed to that being the norm. It it makes dieting and getting results so much easier. Yeah, I completely agree. Like with with shift workers weighing in just isn't, what I like to do is like wait for a period of time where you have some regulation. So, and that would be like, I mean, at least four to five days and then use that period to weigh in um, and then come away from the scales again. Because as Emma said, it's just going to be so wholly inaccurate. Um, and yeah, re-remembering things from like weighing into like supplements in the morning. I don't know about you guys, but I get up and the first thing I do when I'm awake is go to the loo and have a wee. <laughs> so the scales are by my toilet. Not that I'm weighing in right now, um, but that's that's why they're there. Um, and same re my supplements, you know, unless I have people coming over, you know, because <laughs> everything has to be perfect when that happens. But all my supplements are right by the kitchen sink. So that every morning when I go down to fill up my water bottle or fill up the kettle or whatever, they're all there. And my first two is take your supplements. So yeah, it's just about, you know, out of sight, out of mind. If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Put it in your sight. Mm-hmm. In of sight, in of mind, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. makes sense yeah Pan Chan. I'm about two to three kilograms heavier on the scales now than end of summer and my body looks markedly different i.e I have recomped as Chloe says look at the bigger picture agree yeah. and I'm lighter than I've been in uh, like years 
and I look a lot shitter naked. So <laughs> again, reframe guys. Works both ways. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, Gemma, morning ladies, is it true that if you're planning on eating a big meal for dinner, in brackets, burger and chips, that is most likely your day's calorie allowance that you should still eat during the day to keep your metabolism up? Or is that a load of rubbish and actually shouldn't eat because of the calories? So <laughs> that is a load of rubbish, but you should still eat because otherwise what's likely going to happen is you massively overeat in the evening with the burger and chips and then think oh fuck it and then just continue eating so still eat you might want to reduce your calories a little bit remember we always look at the weekly average so if you know that tonight you're going out for a burger maybe like the days before or even we much prefer like thinking forward than in hindsight but you could always be like hey tomorrow I'm going to have 100 to 200 calories less and the next day I'm going to have 100 to 200 calories less because I know I had a big meal that put me with my calories on the Monday um even better is to kind of save up the calories in order to do that but I certainly wouldn't recommend not eating at all all day and then going out for a big meal that tends to end very badly mm, yeah exactly it's a nice idea to kind of have like a lower calorie like 300 calories for breakfast 300 calories for lunch as opposed to being a little bit more like eh, I'm tracking and I'm in this kind of bigger range of I don't know five to six hundred a meal whatever and I'll deal with it at the end of the day um, and focus a lot on like protein and veg so that we know that you're nailing the kind of the nutrition side of things and also um, the kind of thermic side of things. But these are foods which are going to leave you feeling fuller, fuller for longer. Um, and then you are more likely to go eat your burger and chips. And you know what? Happily, very happily be like, oh, I'm done without having finished it. And I don't mean like don't finish. Obviously not. Like go for it if you want to either do it. But like, you know, also I don't know what it is about burgers but they are like hard to finish and I, I can chow down my fucking food so you know and then before you know it that burger which was going to be a thousand calories ended up being 500 I mean whatever um so yeah you definitely whereas if you go in there ravenous having not eaten all day you're more likely to get finished that and then order I don't know the chocolate pudding yeah or get home and be like I'm still absolutely starving and start eating at home as well yeah exactly Okay, I put my scales in the middle of my path from the bedroom to the toilet. So I physically fall over the scales in the hallway. Um, there's an extreme, but yeah, sure. Um, you better move that before Santa comes. Yeah. Okay, right. We're up to date on the live. Okay. Cat Park. Cat, Cat, by the way, I've had a notification this morning. I haven't looked at it yet. So saying that we need to approve one of her comments. <laughs> so I'll have a look at that. Oh, Facebook is so, I mean, there's so much they could be doing to better the world. And this is the shit they're spending their time on. Anyway. Well, at least none of us have been banned again yet. I know. I think they must have re, because yeah. I mean, that's a long stretch for me. Okay. <laughs> Newbie post. So apologies if this has already been asked. When looking at weekly averages, when do they run to and from? Monday to Sunday? If I mean, it really, on. like, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's no... But yeah, just make it consistent. It doesn't matter if you want to run. Yeah, yeah, whatever works for you. And remember that realistically, it's an average over time. It's just that we live week by week. So yeah. And also then it, start, it starts to get very messy. It gets ridiculous, doesn't it? Like what, yeah. should we just set people's calories for the eight weeks and be like, you have that this many thousand calories to play with. Distribute oh them over the... What would that be? How many I days? Can't do the mental arithmetic on that. So, okay, 50 what, so eight, eight times seven is 56 days. Let's say they had 1600 calories. 
that would be um 89,600 calories (laughs) spend it how you want yeah um okay she says i went over calories yesterday by 200 with an impromptu glass of wine and chocolatey quality street chloe and emma do i spread this deficit over the next seven days until or until the end of the week which is due to announce on sunday um first of all 200 calories like you could probably you know if you wanted to if you wanted to bank that back you could do that over the next two after the subsequent two days just drop down a little bit but 200 calories on one day of the week you're still going to be in a deficit for the week overall and that is not the kind of uh what's the word i'm looking for overage it's not the kind of overage where we'd be like oh you've probably probably fucked your deficit for the week 200 on one day of the week fine um so i wouldn't worry about that i mean i do that anyway when i'm in a dieting phase i have refeed days like twice a week on plus 200 each day so whatever um she says thank you in advance i'm really looking forward to being part of the community then in big capitals update i've carried on tried not to worry about it it won't make the live this morning i'm at work this is a few days ago I'm at work, but I'll listen on my way home to see if it gets answered anyway. You guys should be listening to lives anyway because they're so lost. <laughs> no, but we do, don't you find? Like, I we still get questions some days, and I'm like, we literally did this on the live two days ago. Like, go and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know some people maybe just don't have the time. But I guess that's why it's useful to have it on the podcast so you can listen as you're doing stuff. But I do think it's so much easier to give context and talk through things. Yeah. On on a live than it is written on the Facebook group. Um, And I totally agree. I think 200 calories isn't something to massively worry about. You'll still be in a deficit. But then there is the mindset. And sometimes depending on how, actually realistically for myself all the time, like I hold myself to quite a high standard. So I'm like, I'm not like, I think the one won't hurt mentality can quite quickly spread to like, oh, 200 calories doesn't matter. All right, well, I'll do that three times a week and then it's like mm, okay well actually now that is gonna start to impact your results a little bit more so bear that in mind but also with the caveat that in this situation like it doesn't really make that much difference completely agree um and then Isabel's asked the question but we've already answered it on this live so I love that I love you guys that like double up oh right oh yeah yeah, yeah. to make sure we a, get to such it such a me thing to do like <laughs> like it um anything else ollie's just saying listening to the lives are great but it's much more fun and enjoyable watching them and seeing your guys reactions (laughs) (laughs) i i swear ollie spends a lot of time just saying stuff to see how we'll react i like Um, it when when certain questions are asked that like emma and i just through no fault of anyone else's but just our own weird pet peeve thing (laughs) one of us doesn't like and i like so for emma the worst question you can ask Emma is, what's, what's more important, my steps or my workouts? Yeah. And that question every time it comes up. I just look at her and she's like, <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> or, I know you can't spot reduced fat, but I was oh. just wondering. <laughs> yeah. I got I- this pouch of fat. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. And do you know what? I'm never annoyed about the questions, but it's just, yeah. No, but uh, everybody's got things like there's certain conversations that come up around the dinner table with my family that I'm just like oh really do we have to talk about Boris Johnson again like <laughs> fuck like it's been a minute can we, can we move on anyway it happens guys um right, should we do one more and then go yeah is there anything on the live because I know they take part just Ollie laughing 
Okay. <laughs> oh, he okay. says, do you hate those questions more than the creatine questions? I, do, I actually genuinely don't hate any questions, but Chloe's right. There are some that you're like, you, you know the answer to this question already. Like the whole, like, I know you can't spot reduce body fat, but the creatine one's interesting. It's just boring because it's repetitive. It's, it's boring because it's repetitive, but then it does make me think, like I was thinking this morning because I mentioned it on my story and I got so many questions again of like, <laughs> how do you take it? What kind of creatine? Blah, blah, blah. What is it? And then you think, actually, people are so interested in this because they think that it's a quick fix, that it's a supplement that's going to help them suddenly get results. Like that's why you get so many questions about that as opposed to being like, hey, this is what actually gets results doing your steps, getting your workouts in, like he eating healthy, nutritious food, getting in enough protein. Like nobody really asks you questions specifically about that. They're like, what about this creatine thing I've heard you say? Because that sounds like something I could just take. And then I just get results from it without having to do anything. And it's interesting that that is one of the things that you get asked about the most, yeah. even though realistically the, the impact of that short term is almost nothing. Yeah. Like the impact of taking creatine long-term might actually be quite big like we don't really know we don't really have long enough research on that to see like how that's going to impact um neurodegeneration as you age or like you know if people who started taking creatine when they were in their 20s or 30s have better muscle mass as they age and thus less sarcopenia less muscle wastage less bone mineral density loss etc cetera, etc cetera, when they hit say menopause or something we probably don't have like enough data there's mechanistic rationale but we don't really have enough data to see what's truly going to happen and what the magnitude of the impact is there but if people are thinking that taking creatine is going to suddenly have a huge impact on literally anything it's very unlikely maybe a little bit more so for like vegans or vegetarians who will be getting almost none from their diet but it's certainly not like i don't know taking the steroid or something yeah it's you're right it's it's so something that people are so overly interested in it and people who you know that less than 50 percent of those people are actually going to go out and take it or even have a real grasp as to why they're doing it you know I told my parents to take it because dementia runs in my dad's side of the family it's more for my dad I have him on like all these specific supplements because of that um and my mum just kind of like joins in um, and she she messaged me the other day. She was like, hi, Coco. Um, I think I'm going to stop taking creatine because I've just Googled it and it's loaded with calories. So I think it's much more appropriate for people like you and James than it is for me. And I was like, <sighs> I was like just, okay, mom, sure, <laughs> sure, mom. Just for anyone listening, it's not. It's not. But this is my mom to a T. And also she just something about it can't really tell my mum what to do and if you and I kind of knew that something like this was going to happen because if you do and it manages to seep in there at some point a light will click on in her head where she's like hang on someone's literally told me what to do and I've taken the bait <laughs> she will find a way to turn back around and kick it back like she is not on board so I was like all right mum I mean there's no point I was like fine I'll just just don't <laughs> yeah my mum's quite like that I've bought her some creatine for Christmas <laughs> to see if she'll start taking it but she's quite like anti-taking anything but the only time that she did actually listen was when I was like hey there's actually been some research on like cognitive performance and creatine yeah, yeah and she was yeah. like oh, oh like oh no interested interesting um okay should we do one more and I just want to make sure there's not one on the live okay there is are you ready um, yeah it's from Kanchan Chloe let me know your thoughts on the Olympia winners this year not mm -hmm. on the live because I know it's not everyone's interest well we're here now um so I um, um okay so I think Laura Lee 
she she dieted for too long she was she was really lean quite far out and I'm not and I thought she was looking quite skinny and stringy so I'm not surprised whereas Jen Dory I thought she would win it um I think she I think she actually really went into like a targeted short-lived but targeted like gaining phase she gained quite a bit of fat and muscle and then I think she dieted quite quickly but I actually think it really works for her physique and she looked amazing and I thought she was going to win the new girl I can't remember her name looked amazing um and I'm really happy that an underdog took it home that makes me happy um, I'm surprised that Janet didn't place in the top five, but I actually don't think she has enough muscle to be competing in bikini anymore. It's evolved and it's evolved beyond what her physique is capable of. I think she's too long and lean and stunning and beautiful, but she's not, I don't think she'll place top five ever again. I just think it's progressed beyond what her physique can do. Um, and I haven't even seen Issa, but I, I think Issa's day came and went quite quickly. I don't love her physique and that's it. I don't know any of these people, <laughs> but I did see there's a British girl was top 10. Phoebe, Phoebe Hagen. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. She's mega. She's, she's been like up and coming for a while. And I think that she will place top five in the next couple of years. And De Raja, I think will win it in the next couple of years as well. Um, Is she her, British as well? No, she's American, but De Raja was four. She, she's come up really, 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 really quickly through the ranks. And she's, I think she'll win in the next couple of years for sure. But she's the one I was talking about who doesn't, whose training frequency is like one to two. Oh, yeah. Just genetic up. freak. Genetic freak. And a part of me is like, it is fair because we are, you know, they're all on stage because of their genetics, period. Mm. But I'm a bit like, I mean, the amount of work that someone like a Janet has to put in to even get, to even basically get. In what, the Janet on the EC method? <laughs> Um, like, yeah. yeah I listened to it so I did an event this must have been like five years ago now with Harley who owns Gluteware, which is like a brand yeah. um and Phoebe was talking at it and she she's really intense like in the best possible way like I'm like you will probably be very successful because of the mindset that she had but I guess what I worry about and, and this goes for like any athlete is you sacrifice so much and she was kind of talking about her sacrifices but in quite a positive way and I guess what I worry is that like at some point you'll turn around and be like wow I didn't do this 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 or this like talking about dropping out of uni to pursue bodybuilding I'm like that's a huge sacrifice yeah and again like who's a hell am I I'm certainly not judging it's just an interesting like and and if you want to do something to the extreme you have to make those sacrifices like if you want to be the best at that can you also be doing a degree no probably not no it's true it's true and you know Emma and I talk about this how we look back at the sacrifices and the efforts that we used to make and we're a bit like wow I don't think I could ever do that now um I'm interested I do want to try and and give like physique a really good go because I want to because I like it I'm excited about it for all the right reasons it's actually not got that much to do with my physique and it's actually got a lot more to do with me and and how I am and and what I do and what I'm interested in um and I do want to give it a good stab in the dark (laughs) but I will say your life changes and your life evolves and what you could do in your 20s is not what you could do in your 30s and I even and and on and on we go and I even look back at that time in my life now where I could do that I sacrificed a lot I didn't see my friends for like months at a time um and I was really all consumed in this world and I'm grateful that I was because it made me into the coach uh, that I am with the audience that I have and that's amazing I don't regret it at all 
but it, it was a lot and I and I don't know that I would get away with that like I talk about not going on my whatsapp this weekend and then getting flooded with messages I don't know that I could get away with that now I think ultimately my friends would be like either wouldn't let me or would just dissipate and yeah I, I don't know yeah mm. it, it is it is interesting I think there is there's definitely a line but I think for everyone it's like at a slightly different point so I know that actually for me training six days a week works really well and I show up better and I have more concentration and I feel better and I really like pushing myself and I feel like when I push myself really hard in the gym it also allows me to push myself really hard in other areas of my life which is interesting because you can argue that both ways like a lot of people will talk about willpower and they'll say when you're using up a lot of willpower for example like let's say you're stopping smoking then it's very hard to still use that willpower to also stay on track with your diet right so you have this like willpower depletion but equally I think you could argue it both ways because some people say willpower is like a muscle the more you use it the stronger it gets I don't know like it's just yeah I know that for me you like pushing myself in the gym allows me to push myself in other areas of my life I completely agree with that. And I think that's why weightlifting changed my life um, completely. And I completely agree with that. I'm not talking so much about training. I'm talking about like the the, yeah. the long-term calorie deficit that it requires to get lean and stay lean. That's the thing I struggle with now. Training, like I train five back to training four days a week. Hopefully this week I'm going to aim for five. We'll see what my body can do. I talked about how my lower body's recover, taking a very long time to recover at the moment. My upper body seems to have caught back up. Um, I think training hard does, I, in my experience as a coach and as someone who does it does force you to show up and work hard in all the other areas of your life and also get fucking organized, you know, like get your shit together. I think, you know, just having to get up every morning and go to the gym pushes you to do that. And it's, I'm really pro it in terms of like, I say like getting lean and maintaining that leanness, like is, um, I don't know if I could do it, but I mean, I'm going to try because I, like I say, I love it and I really want to. And it's so funny how having done it now and then come away from it for a period it's you realize it's so much actually really not about how you end up looking but it's just about a different tick in your brain Mm. and I think it's so much more impressive when you balance everything like actually it's not hard when you don't have a life outside of it and I've done that like I I say that as someone who's done it where you do put like the rest of your life on hold a little bit it's not actually very hard to do but if you're trying to balance that with the rest of your life, like that's the hard bit, then that's what we should be kind of like aiming for. Yeah. We talked about that before with some of the, and we, we don't name them because we don't want to sound like haters, but like some of the people in our industry who are known for basically just doing nothing but some kind of exercise output, like physical goal thing every day of the week, every week of the month, every month of the year, but have nothing else going on in their life. And it's like, in a way that's kind of easier. Now you've made this your career, you know, you're, you're kind of you're you're able you're adapted to do it you're genetically very gifted this is your life like what's more impressive when you're a coach and you have the clients that Emma and I have is how do you take a client who really wants to achieve you know climbing Mount Kilimanjaro running a marathon getting shredded to do a photo shoot but also has kids or you know is doing a degree or has a banging social life that's what we have to try and do and that and that's much more impressive especially when as we always talk about when it comes to maintaining that for the rest of your life yeah actually something Andy always says which is such a good point is that a lot of the time like for example our clients will be comparing themselves to so-and-so Instagram model who's 
you know, no. job is to stay in shape. Like that, that is what they do and they have the knowledge and they have the support and they can put the time into it and they don't have as much other stresses going on in their life. Do not compare yourself to that because your life is completely different. But it, and and you're comparing yourself to the one percent of the population that are putting their bodies on Instagram. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and when that is your job, and as I said, you're you know a lot of them are really heavily supported via um, uh, sponsorship. And you know, I we're talking about the the winners. I mean, I think the the winner of 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 uh, Bikini Olympia gets like fifty grand, and some of the others get more. And that sets them up for the year ahead. So if they actually want to go part time, they can. You know that 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 money will pay for their kids' private education in America. I thought it'd be more than that. It, I think it depends on the category, but Miss Bikini Olympia will get fifty, and then I think it goes down from. What there. do the men get? I don't know, and again, I I bet it's way more. Depends on your. Country. But I guess like what you're not really sure you get that money. I'm not saying that's not a lot of money, by the way, to anyone listening, but it's more the sponsorships that you get off the back of that or the potential to I don't know grow a business. write a book or grow a business yeah or like build a brand or have a Gymshark sponsorship or blah 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 blah. I guess it's it's all the things that come with it oh, anyway just think about that man in the gym I got into a fight with last week he was head to toe in Gymshark he wasn't even a man he was just this horrible little thing <laughs> Right, Anki's just saying, I made so many sacrifices in my 20s, didn't look like I did. I undid a sedentary school, in brackets, women and sports while schooling in India is lol, to build a base fitness that I admire in myself so much now. Wish I had that much time and energy now that I'm working with good coaches. Yeah. I look back on on how, like, what I used, and I'm so impressed with myself and kind of like, and, and this is what we always say to clients, I like, kind of down on myself. I can't do that anymore. If I did, it would cost a lot. Like the cost benefit would be huge. Um, and so I can completely relate to that. But that's that's what I mean. That's why I like it. It was that feeling of like, I was so impressed with myself. I love that. And I and that's why I really enjoy having these like goals. These, yeah. Mm. All right, great. Okay, guys, have a fantastic Monday. We will be back. We actually need Emma and I need to discuss when we're back because obviously it's Christmas week. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, we'll um we'll post in the group. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Everybody, you can now sign up to the EC method to start in January at theecmethod.co.uk. If you want to make 2023 the year that you finally put yo-yo dieting to bed, this is the program for you.